back into the uh, building the church where? From the inside. In the inside. In the inside. The movement I've left, I sense towards kind of a, a culmination of this thing. And uh, not that we're going to cease, but I think there's another territory that we're, we're going to be moving into here before long. And, and uh, we're sensing the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, folks. And that's what's coming. I sense it. I know it. Uh, if we will seek God, if we will pour ourselves out as a drink offering before Him, as biblical, I'm going to tell you what, he does great, awesome, and fantastic things. And, and that's just an urging. I, I don't try to make you do anything. I'm just saying that for a reason. Uh, not just here, where you're at, everywhere you're at. Just start praising God. That Something is about to happen. I know something is about to happen of enormous magnitude. And I'm not, I'm talking worldly, globally. And the church has got to get right. The church, every individual of the church has got to get of where God wants us to be, where we need to be to be effective for ourselves, for our families, for our church, for our communities, for our country. You know, the song, our country's in a mess. Our country is desperate in need of God's help. And uh, just, you know, let conviction fall. But that's not the, the lesson tonight. But uh, go ahead and roll your Bibles over to the book of First Thessalonians. Get started there. We'll give you some scriptures here in a minute. I want to bring us up. As I said, I think we're nearing... Uh, this character building, I believe we've about got the character built. If we will take it in and receive it and, and, and what we've learned and what we've discussed thus far, uh, we've come a long ways and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highlight here in a minute and I know most of you have been here uh, almost every instance, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay them out here in just a minute, what we've discussed thus far. But it's been over three months now worth of Wednesday nights that we've been discussing, we've, we've uh, covered multiple subjects, all of them, each and every one of them being vital and important and necessary to, first of all, the Christian and to the body that we all make up. And I know I'm repeating some things, but I'm going to do that to enforce what we're, what we're doing here. This isn't just something to waste time or to do something neat. This is something that hopefully will build all of our characters, improve our characters, and maybe create new character in some people that maybe be that are new and don't understand a lot about Christian living because it's about example, right? It's about all, about example and, and a lot more as we found out. But uh, as we've discussed, a church can be no better than the people in the church. Does that make sense? You can have a building full of people, but that doesn't necessarily make it a church. Uh, when I say church, I'm talking a spiritual church. Uh, either we have a healthy church or we don't have a healthy church. And I'm talking spiritually healthy. What is that? What is spiritually healthy? What does that mean to you? Anybody feel free to answer. That's what, yeah, that's what this is about. We discuss things here on Wednesday nights. What does spiritually healthy mean? It's not the way we hold our faith. It's not the way we hold our faith. Okay, good. Okay. Connected to God. Sorry? Connected to God. Yes. You're in the war. In the war. You're fighting. Yeah, fighting. Okay. Yes. The scripture says uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If the percentage of your church, the majority, is in that spot, we're in good shape. That's it. That's it. And this is what we're we're driving towards, and I'm driving with you. I'm not trying to overrun you, run you over, or outrun you. 
this is about all of us. Uh, I think I've, I've tried to emphasize that over the many years I've been here. I'm with y'all. Y'all are with me. I'm not on a pedestal somewhere. I'm right in the mix with everybody. And I have improvements as well that I need. I've gained a lot through this process of the last over three months. I've picked up on a lot of things. Sometimes we can think we're just fine and okay, you know, till the Word tells us we're not. If we will but identify with that and admit it and get it to the surface and lay it out. And if we need to ask God, Lord, I need your help on this for some reason. I just don't seem like I can muster up enough within myself to take care of this issue. Call on the Lord. That, he's a character builder like you wouldn't believe. Amen. Well, maybe you would believe. Amen. No, it, it's, it's, uh, this has been fun. I've really enjoyed it. And uh, it's uh, been very beneficial, I believe, to probably everybody that, that's been here. So uh, anyway, a healthy church is made up, first of all, of healthy leaders. I'm talking spiritually healthy. Spiritually healthy leaders. Leadership is re- responsible more than the membership. And we're going to answer to a, a greater uh, examination. That's biblical. Uh, take up a leadership role in the church. Always know that you're going to be examined more crucially than than uh, other folks. Uh, but that anyway, uh, hopefully that builds into all attending. I'm talking spiritually healthy, and, and uh, it's uh, a spiritually healthy church is appealing to people. They, they seem to have a means to identify. And I'm talking about people that maybe searching for a church, maybe trying to find a home church, maybe visitor for the first time. People are able to sense things. And I've had many, many people tell me, I think I might have mentioned this. I don't remember if I did or not. Anyway, I'll tell you again. So listen again, I guess. People have told me how friendly this church is, what it means to walk into a church where people get up from their seat, go back and shake your hand, actually... When they say it's great to have you, they know you mean it. And that's not just one person. That's many people that's come here. That's just one thing. Spiritually healthy churches, they draw others. To what? Not to us. Christ. That's the goal. That's the mission. Draw people. That's all of our mission. Whatever capacity we may be in. I mean, there's positions here all over the church. That's all of our mission is to draw people to Christ. Some of us draw youngsters to Christ, babes to Christ, different ones. That, that's our mission. So uh, as uh, we've prior discussed uh, individual characters and uh, or characteristics, I guess I should say, uh, and I'm going to say this, I'm going I'm to review and just give you this. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm just going to name them again, what we've been through so far. So if you've missed some of them, you can jot them down. I'll go slow. If you need me to repeat it, I'd be glad to do that. Uh, but it's all, in, in, and this is just a few things, and I want to stress these because they seem to be more of what people can identify with, what they see, what they hear. And I'm talking others that are watching and examining and, and viewing the Christian community, of which I guarantee you they're doing all the time, and they're going to see one thing or they're going to see the other. Uh, so... Anyway, what we do, what we each do, how we talk, how we behave, how we dress, how we treat others, is a direct reflection on the entire body. It's never just one. 
if one's sarcastic and hateful and spiteful, it's not just them alone. It's the whole body that's that as far as other people see. And they named the church as that. And, you know, when we understand that what we do is a reflection and it, it does have effect on the entirety, then I think we'll be better about improving or at least attempting to improve and do what's necessary that we better ourselves, which betters the church as a whole. Um, the uh, topics, I'm going to give them to you here. The first one we talked about was reverence, same as respect. I know I've repeated these two or three times through the course of this, but this is, we're getting, like I said, we're coming to an ending here, at least kind of an ending. We're never going to end, right? As long as we're here, we're still going to be going. Humility. Responsibility. I'll get to going too fast, just tell me. Dependability. These are huge items. All of them. Commitment. Dedication. Determination. These two are together. Etiquette and behavior. Edifying. Passion. Diligence. Some of these things sound like they're the same thing, but they kind of are, but they're pieces that work together and make the gears turn real well when you understand all of them, especially when you put them into practice. Courageous perseverance. That's huge, isn't it? This day and time especially. Courageous perseverance. Action overhearing. Be doers instead of what? Hearers only. Being, remember this one, non-schismatic. What was that one? Don't create divides. Don't start cracks that turn into Grand Canyons. We're here to put together and to work in harmony, right? Okay. And walking spiritually. That's what we talked about last week. <clears throat> Anybody need anything repeated? I know that's a lot of information, but that's what we've covered in the course of the last, I guess it's almost four months now. I don't even remember really when I started. Now this one tonight is titled this Encapsulation of Character. <clears throat> what in the world is encapsulation of character? Well, we're going to cram about seven things into one little lesson <clears throat> have to do with character. And these are things uh, I believe in, in, in studying and researching this that I really feel bring every, everything that we've talked about up to this point into a container, a capsule, if you will. 
We know that we can't take a little capsule and toss it down our throat and all of a sudden we're going to be great spiritual characters. We've got to build, right? That's our responsibility. I'm glad it's not automatic. What, what would it be if it was automatic? We just all of a sudden we could just be made wonderful characters. I don't think the first thing we wouldn't appreciate because when we work industriously and apply the scriptures to our lives, to try to better and improve ourselves, there's a sense of reward, first of all, that comes with that. Right, right. Uh, Self-edification, if you will. Not pride, not arrogance, but hey, I've accomplished something. Mm-hmm. I, you know that thing that used to just have me in captivity and just have me beat down? I'm over that now. You ever had that happen? I'm yeah. done with that now. Praise God. Yeah. Hey, I'm moving on. Let's work on something else now. Just keep going, keep going. That's what we've been doing. At least I'm giving you the information over this period of time that you can take these things. And I, I've urged you, but I'll urge you to meditate on that. Look at those and meditate. What can I do with these particulars that we've discussed thus far? What can I do myself and within myself to make some arrangements here and make some improvements to change that I can be better first of all for myself and those around me than for the entirety of the church because that's how it reciprocates out. And then of course it's for the kingdom, right? We're working for the kingdom, not just this church. You know, there's those, they're self-nucleus. That's all they are. This church is all that counts. This church is not all that counts. This church is part of the great big church, a Bible-believing Jesus preaching church, what I'm talking about. A huge, huge church. We're a wife. We're just part of it. We're a we're a body of the body. So that's what we're doing here, trying to make ourselves better. Uh, anyway, we're going to First uh, Thessalonians, where you've turned to. And this is the Apostle Paul. And he's giving great character-building advice. And these scriptures are very minimal. They're very short, most of them. There's a couple of them that not lengthy, but they're longer. But some of them say so much in just two or three words. You know what I find in that? I find two or three words. It's pretty simple to get it and to understand it instead of some long, drawn-out formula that you've got to try to figure out what in the world it's talking about in the first place. We're going to see here in this fifth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. Anybody got any comments thus far on anything else that I've talked about tonight or we have before? Uh, anything come to you you'd like to share with the, the body that maybe you've had some improvement in yourself, you realize it and you want to share it or testify or whatever before we move on? Anybody been touched by the Lord lately? <laughs> some of you have been touched tonight, you just don't know it yet. Or maybe you do. All right. Did I see your hand or did you just wave a hand? Okay. Okay. June 28th was when you started. June 28th? Mm-hmm. July, August, September. Yeah, for the three months. Yeah. Okay. All right. Going to chapter 5, verse 16. What's your Bible say? Rejoice. Rejoice evermore. when? Evermore. Evermore. Now, why? What is Paul talking about? You can say rejoice. Okay, once in a while. He didn't say once in a while. It says always. Always, evermore. What's so? Why? 
What's the necessity? Take those two words. When you look at the Bible, you need to break the words down. Research and find out what they really mean. Rejoice. You know what came to me when I was thinking about that? Re-joy. You ever need to rejoy? You ever need to refuel your joy? How do you refuel your joy? You go to God, don't you? That's the only one that has true joy. There's so many people in this life, there's so many people sitting in church pews this day and time that have absolutely no joy whatsoever. They're miserable. They're beat down. They don't know what to do about it. Rejoice. Rejoice. Always. What does that do for us? Somebody that can speak from experience. Go ahead. Joy in the Lord's our strength. Absolutely. And you can rejoice in in your faith and all the promises of the Word. You know, going along with what Cam said, can y'all hear the answers? I might need to speak up because everybody in the back might not be here. Would you tell them again? I said that joy in the Lord is our strength. And did y'all hear me? Stage fright. That's something else we're going to work on. Y'all get ready. Did We're going to get you out of stage fright. Yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, these are seven character elements we're going to discuss here. That's why I said encapsulation of character. We're going to stuff seven character elements into this session tonight. And uh, this is the first one. Rejoice evermore. Now, keep in mind, this is all about character building. I've said that numerous times, and I, I know I'm stressing it a lot. Uh, more or less what it's saying here is be glad always. Rejoicing is being glad. What does gladness bring? It, let's, let's go to the opposite then. What if you're miserable all the time? If you're miserable all the time, what are you going to express? That you're miserable. Unless you're real good at hiding it. And some people are. Some people can cover things up. But if you watch them long enough, it's going to surface. Misery will surface. But if we're glad, the opposite of being miserable and down and all this other stuff that comes along with it. Remember misery loves company? That old saying, misery loves company. If you're miserable, somebody else or something else is going to come and jump on the band too and then something else is going to come and before long, you don't even know what you're doing. So, let's talk just a little bit we got quite a bit of time. We got started. Let's talk just a little bit, and, and I'm going to ask you this question. What do you think that's telling you? Rejoice always. Or rejoice ever, ever more. What is that telling you personally? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, uh, God's grace shines down on us daily. We are to have overwhelmingly rejoice just because of that reason. Perfect. I mean, there's Perfect. joy. There's joy in, uh, in, in that grace. And it's almost like you say, if nothing else, that's enough. That's plenty. The reason to rejoice. But, you know, in our humanness or whatever, or maybe with all the issues, you know, issues are terrible. They pound us all the time. They're designed to do that. You know, the stresses of life, the pressures, the anxiety, all these things that try to take your gladness and your joy away. But when we have that joy and that gladness, that enables us, I will use the word empowers us, 
Rejoicing is a power. Because who takes note when you're rejoicing in Him because of what He's done? Who do we think takes note of that? God does. Now, He doesn't just sit there and say, well, look at them, they're they're paying attention. No. He puts more. He said, there, they're rejoicing. Regardless of what's going on, they're glad all the time. That doesn't mean that you've got to be happy about some terrible situation that might be going on with you. That's not what it's saying at all. Just have an attitude of gladness, a character of being glad and joyful and rejoicing. It's contagious in itself. You experience that? It's contagious. It's kind of like whistling while you work. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, the Mary. you feel in the morning, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna approach things a lot different. You carry you carry that you carry that little touch that the Lord puts in your heart. It, it, like I said, and my kids used to be notorious for getting mad at old dad because I'd wake up singing every morning. You know, I'd whistle, I'd sing till they got out of bed, and started getting ready for school. And I told them I'd keep singing till they started either grinning or joining in with me. But it helps you approach your day. Yes, sir. Carry out everything yes, either for you or the Lord both mm-hmm. in, a, in a more positive, yes. more of a positive yeah. attitude. Yeah. You know, and, and you, kind of, you kind of said something that's key there. Start your day that way. Yeah. Amen. Don't wait till it's almost bedtime again before you change your attitude. Right. It's a little too late. Yeah, I'm uh, to and usually, if you start out, <laughs> if, 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 if you start out bad, you're probably going to stay bad all day long. Right. Uh, you know, unless you ask the Lord to help you and you change change your attitude. Uh, we live in we live in a world of attitudes, and uh, that there's nothing we can do about that. And we can't change other people's attitude. We can be a good attitude ourselves, and be cheerful. That's another part of rejoicing is cheerful. Happy countenance. Yeah, it rubs off. It affects people. They wonder what in the world's wrong with you. But then they say, whatever it is, is good because they're smiling and they're happy. That kind of the lead in a little witness, you might think. Where's your joy come from? Anybody else on that one? Verse 17. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Prayer is what? Is it just a ritual? Is it a religious ceremony? What is prayer? Talking to God. How much do we talk to God? Really? This is something we need to self-identify right here, folks. We've got to get a hold of this one because this is our connection to heaven. He's talking about. I'm going to tell you, recent surveys, and I'm listening to a lot of them, and there's a lot of questions that they ask in these surveys. And one of them is that a majority of Christian people say they either don't hardly pray at all anymore or don't pray at all. They just go to church, and the preacher does the praying, and they go home, and they come back next week, and they listen to somebody else pray again, and before long, (coughs) guess what? They don't have any communication with God whatsoever. Well, what's that cause? If you can't, if you don't communicate with God, what does that create? Separation. Separation. And it's not just okay. Well, that's that's all right. No, because we're talking about a disconnection from the one who provides everything, who listens to us faithfully. 
24-7. You don't get an answer machine saying, if you want this extension, dial that, and all that. No, you get God personally when you talk to Him. When you, and this can be a discipline thing. I'm going to tell you right off, you've got to discipline yourself to set you some time to talk to the Lord. But what does this verse say? It don't say just once in a while. I'm going to explain what it says. It says, pray without ceasing. mentioned it a while ago it's stay in an attitude of prayer where you are ready with your finger on the button to ring the Lord I know I kind of explained that maybe not so good way but anyway God's not on the phone there is a song phone call to God you know it's kind of a humorous one but that guy kind of caught got caught short and, and I think God called him up anybody ever hear that little song phone call to God it's humorous, anyway. No, uh, that's something, and I, I'm not saying you don't understand prayer at all, but this is super important. Uh, prayer is connection with the Almighty. The Almighty, the Creator of all. If we lay that down, and, and this, I told somebody that just this yesterday or this week, Satan had a meeting with his demons and this is what he said just go get their time that's all I need that's all I need get that what do we do with our time who gave us time who gave us our time That's probably the most difficult thing that can be sacrificed in order to get your prayer life right. Comment. What do you think? Well, I could answer the prayer, but I feel like I keep answering the prayer a lot. Not bragging. Yeah. But, you know, oh, no, you're not. That's why we need to hear this yeah. from you know, everybody here, we need to discuss this. True. It's okay to testify true, by experience. True. This is what I've gained from what you're talking about. That's verified proof of what I'm saying. Excellent. Yes. Anybody else? Yeah. It's kind of like uh, you think of it husband and wife. If you never communicate with your spouse, your marriage is going to fall apart. There yeah. is nothing else. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to keep mm -hmm. that open. You know, not only for yourself, but for other people that you have to pray for and, you know, when you're going to battle with them. You can't do that if you never hit your knees. Right. Uh, <laughs> speaking of husband and wife, then before long you're nothing but two strangers living right. in the same house. Well, take that to your prayer life with the Lord. I mean, he never forsakes us, don't get me wrong. He's not going to abandon, but when we 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 weaken that link or cut the link out whatsoever, then we're, we're you know, the effect's going to be on us. Go ahead, Les, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so pray without ceasing. I think sometimes we get it mixed up with, if I'm not on my face by the bed, you know, that that's prayer to me. But really, if we're Christ-minded and we carry that wherever we go, yep. and you pay attention to what's going on around you, mm -hmm. there's constantly reasons to be praying and seeing God. Yeah. People around you, 
for the person you're passing going down the road, people on prayer requests. I mean, it's nonstop mm -hmm. if you're if you're in it to win it. There, yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. There's there's no shortage. No short. There's no shortage even if you're dealing with your own family. You got kids. You got you know, man. It, it's just this is it. And yes, brother Jim. You know, you know a lot of people say, "Well, I'm gonna pray tonight," and they sort of just say, "I, I, I pray at night." And they don't pray through the day. The girls at the town hall down there, they've called me down. What, Jim? What do you want? I'll go in there and I may do something. I may come to another room. I'll be talking. I'm talking to God. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I just yeah. I sit down there. Oh, you know, Lord, I think that I need to do this or something like that. Or it'd be nice. What is it, Jim? What? Huh? What do you want? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was talking to you out there. Okay. <laughs> and, and and there should be no shame in that. I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, no, you know, I'm not saying you are, yeah. but I'm saying some people are. No, 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 no I'm not. Anybody hear me praying? I mean, what is that? Yeah. You know. Because what do you want? What do you want, huh? yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I was praying to God. I'm talking to God. You know, just y'all go on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll start right what, there. what we're trying to get here, we're talking about really a continuity. If you understand continuity, you take an electric wire and you got one end and this end, and you want continuity between the two. That's saying I've got a, I've got a connection here. This thing's charged. It's able to yes. It's a circuit. We got to keep this circuit to God. And the more more we run through the line, so to speak then the magnitude, you know, when you said it starting off, Tanner, with the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availing much. That's, there you go. That's what the result is. And, and it makes you wonder how many people really consider that. And, and it, it did, that scripture doesn't say, oh, well, there's just one man that's capable of that. <clears throat> Anybody's capable of that. Anybody that's effective and their prayers are fervent, that they have the passion for God to stay connected with Him, their prayers carry a lot of weight. It's like God knows them on a first name basis. They're on speed dial. Now I know I'm saying some. I'm, please get what I'm saying. Though. There's just this connection thing. Pray without ceasing. Paul says it because he knows. He knows. Uh, before I move on, any other comments? Yes, go ahead. Like to, to back you up on that, a good uh, explanation of that is: say you're not prayed up, so you haven't, you've been slacking a little bit, and you got a need pops up, you know, and you go down for it. You know, he's going to hear you without a doubt. But it's like an uphill struggle. It feels like sometimes it's like, man, I, I don't even deserve you to hear me right now. I've not been loyal to you at all. There's, there's been a gap in our relationship, and here I am. I need you. Yeah, I'm going to pry into that one a little bit. Uh, I think sometimes God just wants us to knock a little louder before he lets us know he's answering. Oh, there you go, right there. And a little more energy there. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm it. not a quick fix God. I mean, he can, obviously. Yeah, let you know. Emergency or whatever, but, yeah, and I've been just right where you're at, man. You like you're beating your head to get through whatever this wall is. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of, I don't think that's all by some demonic force. I think right. it's just, hey, we've got to push and press. Yeah. And that's good. I was going to say that uh, prayer and communication builds strength. It builds strength faithfully or and through our faith and, I mean, just in our belief. Mm -hmm. Just believing and knowing that God's 
hears you. Whether you have to knock a little louder, holler a little louder, shout, Lord, please hear me. You have to know I'm here. I need to know you're here. I need to know that you hear my prayers. Right. And, and in, in the referring to discipline, you know, we all have to, you kind of got to, you got to get your, your line going. You got to yeah. get your method going. And uh, when we do that, it, after a while, it, it kind of becomes natural. You know, you know, oh, let's see, what was that I was going to do? Uh-uh. You're just ready. You wake up whatever time, okay, this is my prayer. I'm going to kick the day off praying. Uh, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed to tell you I woke up about 4 o'clock, 4.30 this morning sometime. I don't know what time it was. It was early, early. And uh, I knew the Lord was talking. I knew I needed to listen. And I started to say, okay, Lord, and guess what? I don't know what I said. <laughs> but we had a session. That's the way it works. You start talking to God, the Holy Spirit will get involved. And I love that because, again, I think I might have mentioned this a while back, but I don't know what I'm praying. But he knows. Yeah. That's okay with me. Because if he knows, I don't need to know. He's going to take care of it. And the Holy Spirit knows because he's everywhere, right? So he uses me, you, anybody, if you yield yourself to speak through you to God. Now, some people get into they say, I don't understand that at all. This is the way it works. The Holy Spirit speaks through us that in whatever language, God needs to hear it. And that's some really deep prayer. But I urge you to that. Uh, you wake up, don't know what woke you up, wee hours of the morning. I'm just using this as, as an example. Pay attention sense. If you don't know, it's okay. Well, I'll just take advantage. I'm awake, so I'm going to pray. You never know what that's going to turn into for you. Mm. It may become a common thing. Good. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, going to uh, verse 18. In everything give thanks. Now, I don't know about some of your Bibles and the translations but in mine, and this is very key that we see this, every and thing is broken by space. Is yours? Mm -hmm. It doesn't say everything. It says everything. Is yours that way? Yes, sir. Okay, I knew there's a little different. Originally, by the original language, that's there because it's singular. It's not just grab it all and throw it into one basket. Okay, God, thank you for everything you've done for me today. That's it. We're done. We're out of here. That's not what this is saying. Be appreciative of the things God does. He's saying, you, you mean every little thing God... Listen. No, we don't have to be descriptive of every individual thing that God does because this is talking about more than things, even though that's what we're tied to with the word here. Uh... The uh, it's also talking about not just things but in every matter every condition every situation <clears throat> do what? give him thanks that's the key give him thanks now I don't want you to go away thinking man that's all I'm going to be doing all day long then because my heart beats how many hundreds of thousands of times a day I breathe I'm going to thank God for that no that's not what it's saying it's talking about we need to understand 
individually the things and the situations and whatever that God helps us through and be appreciative. And I'm going to tell you a good way to remedy this if, if you haven't ever really thought of this and practiced it is be conscious. It may have to be something kind of pretty neat thing or pretty big for you. Start thanking God. Start realizing and identifying what God... You don't have to get down on your knees and, and have a ritual. Let Him know you appreciate it. Why do we need to do that? Why is that necessary? To keep that connection. Keep that connection. goes right back to yes, the connection. God appreciates being thanked. How many times in Scripture do you see that? Thank God. Thanks be to God. Thank the Lord. It's not there just to fill space. It's there to encourage us when we thank God. God recognizes that. He sees that. And the more we do it, and express, I believe, to a greater degree our thankfulness and gratefulness, then he, again, disperses. You ever give somebody something that didn't appreciate it? Oh, thank you. you know, probably all of us have. Did you give them something else again? Probably not. I'm not saying God's stingy at any means. He's not. He's gracious. But when we understand, and, and these little sections, I'll say it again, this little section right here that we're in is huge. Encapsulating everything else interwoven in it. We've talked before. Okay. Uh, look, we're not through with that verse. In everything give thanks. We've covered that. Look what it says, though. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, my goodness. What? Whose will is it that we thank Him? The one that we're thanking. Why, why is that stuck in the Scripture? Concerning who? You. Me. Personally. Individually. It's His will that we thank Him again because when we thank Him, He blesses. We appreciate. It's reciprocating. And I'm not saying... Just because you go out and thank God for whatever and, and you expect all tons of blessings, I, watch that because that's getting into materialism and all kinds of things if we're not careful. The greatest thing we need to thank God for, is, first of all, is Jesus Christ, our salvation. Amen. You ever thank God just for being? I do that all the time. Thank you, Lord, just for being. Because if you weren't here, I wouldn't be here. Isn't it great being here, serving the Lord? There's a lot of things we can thank God for. And if we will start with thanking God for spiritual things first. Seek ye first what? Kingdom of God and His righteousness. If we do that and we're appreciative, we've gone a long ways ahead. Verse 19. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Quench not the spirit. Hmm. How many times have you heard that? What's that mean? By golly, if I want to give out a message in tongues in the middle of the preacher's sermon, I've got the right to do it, and if he interferes with me, he's quenching the spirit. <laughs> Is that what that means? No. Do you know I've heard it defined that way? 
I've got the freedom to do what I want to do. And if you mess with me, you just quench the spirit. No, I've shut somebody down that's out of order is what happened. Amen. Anybody believe there's got to be order in the church? Amen. Yes. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. What is quenching the spirit? The uh, understand this, you've got to look into the Greek language it was written in. What what's quench mean to y'all? What's it mean? Shut down. Shut down. Stop it. Put it out. Okay. Could we go as far as saying it's when you're inspired by the Spirit to do something and you don't do it? That could be. That is a part of it. Yes. We'll get to that in a minute. Very good. Glad you said it. What's that? Quench. Quench. Kind of like quenching the thirst. That, that's stop a different meaning. Yeah. yeah. Well, not really. Stop if you quench it, you stop the thirst. But yeah, it, it kind of relates. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's good. You kind of look at it yeah. both ways. Because yeah. giving it that thirst is kind of like mine says right here. It says, "Do not put out the spirit's fire." Okay. Well, thank you. You just helping the preacher, brother. Very good. <laughs> You're right on target. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, Greek. Let's go back to the Greek here. Um, quench the Greek term is stubinomy stubinomy and it's speaking of a light or a lamp going out or being extinguished uh, remember Matthew 25 where he talks about the ten virgins five of them had oil and five of them didn't why were the ones that didn't have the oil what were they worried about their lamp going out those verses that oil is representative of the Holy Spirit that fuel that keeps the fire going actually this verse is flip flopped in the original language this is actually how it read the spirit quenched not because in the Greek the most important things come first in the sentence the less important come later so spirit Spirit, quench not. So let's go a little further with that because this this is a big one right here. Uh, now this can be in the operation of a church, an operation of the Holy Spirit. It can be somebody interfering with that, kind of answer your or in your own situation. Yeah, you can quench the Spirit because you you didn't be obedient or whatever. That can happen in a church. And uh, what I mentioned earlier as an example now that's not in totality I'm not saying preachers are not subject to error and maybe do something out of order that absolutely quenches the spirit I'm not denying that at all but uh, this uh, looking at it uh, you got to relate it to the context of what's being said here what's Paul doing right here with this series of scriptures well basically he's doing what we've been doing he's teaching character spiritual character you got to have this he's saying this, this is necessary and, and it's, it's bigger than what meets our eye here all of these are a lot bigger than what meets our eye which they deserve research they deserve meditation and I think that's something I'll, I'll urge all of you I'll urge our church folks we need to meditate more on the word we need to meditate on God and meditation goes beyond mere thinking 
I mean, you can think about something and it's gone and all. If you're meditating on something, that's what you're bearing down on. That's what your thoughts are dwelling on. And if when you meditate on the Word of God, it's not just like you're spinning your wheels here. No, when you meditate on God's Word, it begins to penetrate and filtrate. That's the difference between thinking and meditation. Um, anyway, uh, a little more on, on not quenching the Spirit. Anybody got a comment before I move on? we got got some ground to cover here. You said it a while ago. Biblically, the Holy Spirit is symbolized a lot of times by fire, light, uh, and it has to do with zeal and passion. Zeal fuels the fire, which creates what? Light, or the lamp. We'll consider that being us. The lamp is us. It, it's kind of saying don't put your own lamp out. <clears throat> Sounds strange? Don't put your own lamp out. Quench not the spirit. Spirit not quench. Well, where's the spirit at? Where's it at, though? Inside of us, right? Here, in our soul, our spirit. When we're saved, what happens? The spirit of Christ. Holy Spirit comes. With, you know, seek the Lord, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit baptism and adage, right? And endowment with power. That's a light. That's an illumination. You might not see it visually, although I believe you can sometimes by countenance. But it's there and it's burning and it's obvious in a spiritual sense. Don't put that light out. <clears throat> Don't allow that light to be snuffed out. Well, what in the world will put the light out? Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, right here in that in the spot, contextually, you know, when he, he was talking about um, not quenching the spirit, they were they were quenching the Thessalonians were quenching the spirit because they were despising the prophecy. God was trying to speak to them, and they didn't want to hear it. And I think that's really interesting because you can do the same thing here. Like you said, individually, like shit, and I'm just using this as an example. Mm. You've been doing this for three months. It's like if you were to come in here, and we listen to what you say, and there's a couple of them in here that say, man, that's just rubbish. Mm. I ain't gonna listen to that business. Well, you're, you're slashing your own light, number one. You're slashing your own fire where God is trying to use you, with you through the preaching of the word. And then in turn, you're quenching the spirit for the entire congregation. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be disruptions now because you're, you're bucking you're just like, no, nah, I'm not gonna mess with that. And you know, when I look at that and I think, man, that is really good because that could definitely be us if the word's coming from the from the pulpit out and then we despise it, and we're like, nah, that's not for me. Yeah. And then you just kind of run rogue, yeah. that's gonna cause issues. Yeah. They uh the two, like I said, they go together here, these two particular yeah, right. uh but the abruptness of it is what I call. Don't quench the spirit. That's just but powerful. Because yeah. if we quench the spirit, what are we doing? If we're if we're putting the, the light out or we're putting out the one that lights the light, then what's what's the hope? You know, there's a lot involved here. Uh, speaking of particulars that people can be hindrances, which we're aware of, that can happen. What is the one thing that can really put the light out? There's only one thing, really, that can really snuff the light. 
Could be. Disbelief. Yeah, that's a definition of what I'm going to say. Yeah. Disbelief. Sin. I was going to say evil spirit. Sin. Practice of sin. Let me say this because John mentioned in his writing, I believe John Warren, I believe it is. There are accidental sins, okay? You didn't really mean to do it, but you did it. You repented. Then there's practice sins or intended, intentional sin. A lifestyle of sin will snuff the spirit out. And you got dark life. That's a serious condition to be in. That's why these should be the impact here. I mean, right in the middle of this, we get this right. Don't quench the spirit. Don't let it happen. Because if you do, and I'm adding to this, if you do, the consequences are not going to be good for you. Uh, again, there's very much involved here. Uh, Man, we're already about out of time. Let me let me go ahead and get these other verses. Um, let's go on to verse 20. Let me come back and get time. And this is what Tanner's relating to as well. These two connect. Uh, despise not prophesying. Don't preach, teach, the, or don't receive the preaching or the teaching with contempt or disregard or spite or whatever. Uh, why? I'm not saying just me. I'm talking about if the Word of God's coming forth and it's the Word of God, don't don't treat it like it's nothing or really it means to throw it off. Consider it as nothing. That's what this means. Don't despise. Don't don't consider it as nothing. Why? You believe the the Word is the infallible Word of God? Amen. Yes. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Then what happens if we just want to toss it? Or maybe I've got something going on in my life and a minister happens to mention it in his message and I'm all infuriated and mad about it. That's dangerous territory. It's kind of like contempt of court. Yeah, well, yeah. It's a contempt of God, baby. Yeah, contempt yeah. of God. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, nobody's 100%. Nobody's perfect. Preachers aren't either. Uh but if it's if it's the word of God, if it's scriptural, and you just treat it like nothing, uh, again, that's the consequences there. Like I said a while ago, are not going to be good. Any comments on that? We're going to finish up here in just a minute. You understand these things? We're good on them. Yeah. I've I've seen results, folks. I've seen results of quenching the spirit. I've seen results of, of the one we just discussed. Uh, usually the consequences are not good at all. Uh, okay, let's go to verse 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Check them out. Y'all believe everything I say just because I said it? We check you out. Okay, I hope you do. I sincerely hope you do. Anybody you listen to. You know social media is full of preachers now? Yeah. Well, let me correct that. 
Social media is full of people that have a podcast. Do we take everything in that we hear on there just because they said it? Because it has a religious tone? Other might even use the word spirit and Jesus. No. How do we check them out? Word. That's the importance of knowing the word. You know, it's okay if you have to go look it up. That's why I urge over and over, get this word in you. At least get the concept, get, you know, the basics. Then you will know, you'll be able to identify uh, it's exactly what this is talking about. Make sure they're correct. Don't just listen and believe anything. Uh, hold fast, it says. Hold fast. What do you do if you're holding fast to something? You got a death grip on it. You got a death grip on it, and you ain't going to let it go. They can't wrestle it away from you. Now consider that. Hold fast to what? That which is good. Well, what do you do with it if it ain't good? Let go. See, there's a double thing here we need to see. Hold to that which is good, I mean, with, with your dear life. And we know God's word is good. We know God's good. And there's other things that we can classify as good. That's the things we need to hold to. And there's a lot, lot being said in that. Uh, Basically because good is good for you. We know the goodness of God's good for us. Goodness to each other is good for us, is it not? Being good to one another. <coughs> you been good to anybody today? Done good things? I haven't moved fast here. We're going to get one more. Verse 22. Abstain. Doesn't say entertain. It says abstain. Totally different. There's a lot of entertaining evil things going on, folks. Abstain. Hmm. If people, 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 including a whole lot of Christians, could get this one. What's abstain mean? What? Avoid. Avoid? Hold oneself away from. Don't touch it. Don't handle it. But it gets better. This gets better. Abstain from what? No. Oh, hold it from what? Appearance. What's all mean? Every form, every shape, every design. We ain't even got to the doing it yet. He said appearance. Because what's that? It's not the appearance what snags you. If you look at it long enough, it's going to draw you in. This is more critical if you pay attention to this. Don't allow the appearance. Don't have anything to do with it. Don't, don't allow... The appearance of evil. It's what this means what you make eye contact with. What you what you see with your vision. And again, I mentioned this a while back, your other senses as well. Because we all have senses. 
right? What we sense affects us. Appearance here could be actually be stretched to not only mean eye vision, but sense vision or sensitivity. We live in a world of sensuality. That's why you see what you see, you hear what you hear, you feel what you hear, because everything is sensual. Let me tell you something. Sin is absolutely sensual. That's why it's so appealing to people. That's why it's so engulfing. Because it feels good. It looks good. It sounds good. All appearance. I think this is some of the best information. That one right there, that is solid. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Okay, we're down to the wire here. I've got I finished up. Any discussion on, on any of this? I'm going to read one more verse in closing. Go ahead, Rick. Uh, some people, <clears throat> uh, over my lifetime, I've noticed they fill their homes with this appearance. They, it's, it's everywhere. It's, they, they're drawn to it. They, and they don't know what's wrong, you know. Their life is just a mess, and, but yet they go right back to it again, mm -hmm. right back to it again. It's a sad situation, and that's where a lot of people are today. Let me say this: How? Get it right here. What you see can blind you. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Spiritually, and it will. And if you, you look at it enough, and you're going to want it, and then you're going to do it, and then you're going to—it just—it continues to compound. If what they have in their home doesn't do it or stops giving them that, they'll go and seek it out. A lot of different places. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's always available. Okay, let's do verse 23. Now, here you go. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. What's sanctification? Separation from what? From the world. Yes. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved <laughs> blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Any closing thoughts before we be dismissed? Any closing thoughts? Yeah, any kind closing like thoughts? Thought. Yeah, what you got? Kind of like always remember. Evil is kind of like a bass fishing. You put something down in that water, it glitters and it shines and it dances, catching mm -hmm. the big fish. There you go. Yep. yep. It hooks them and it's got them. Thank you all for your comments and your discussion tonight, your attention. Uh, like the others, take this with you. Take these scriptures and, like I said, meditate on them. What can I do here? How can I better this thing? Uh, all I'm going to say tonight, let's rise and we'll dismiss and pray. Anything announced? Anybody? Nothing? thinking it was something but maybe not okay Slate, you want to dismiss us?
Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you tonight. God, Lord, uh, you have brought to us a, a great word, Lord. Father, Lord, there's no doubt that you are doing a work here in this church, Father, Lord, with its members, Lord. Lord, we're very grateful, Father, Lord, that you're using us, Lord. You're bettering us. You're sharpening us. God, Lord, you're going to use us, Lord. You're going to use us to do your will, Father, Lord, and that's exactly where we want to be, Father. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you put that passion and that drive and that love and, and, and that push to do that very thing, God, Lord, to, to shuck off this world, Lord, to, to send it back, God, Lord, and, and to, to, to be open to receive what you have for us, Father, Lord. We thank you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.